da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. It's time to say goodbye to the X-Men. We think for a while. From what we can tell. But we don't know. Nobody really knows what's going on. But we're going to talk about it right now with you on Mad About Movies. Welcome in again to another episode. I am your trusted host for this hour, Kent. And I'm joined by my trusted co-hosts. Richard and Brian. Hey. Well, one trusted co-host and me. You can't. Mm, yeah, I will right. rob you blind if you don't look. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> yeah. looking. Uh, that's true. Keep the cameras on at, at all times mm-hmm. whenever Richard's in the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, um, this, uh, this feels good because um, I feel like X-Men is, is, is one of the our franchises, you know? I feel it's like it's very close to yeah. the show. Very close mm-hmm. to uh, you know us as friends, as people, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know we have a lot of things to say about this one tonight. I'm sure, and um, I just got out of this uh, just now, uh, about 30 minutes ago. So my my takes are fresh and ready to go, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be good takes. Time. Yeah, it's fresh. Ken, if you They're were not assign, always fresh. <laughs> if we were to assign X Men for us three, who would we be? Maybe we should oh. leave it to the VIPs to vote. I don't yeah. know what what I want to be Kelsey Grammer Beast, but I don't want to be. <laughs> well, who doesn't about a boy Beast, mm. Nicholas Holt Beast? I want to be exclusively mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer Beast, but I don't know. How do you guys feel? Who do you want to be? Brian is Brian is Deadpool from X Men Origins. Mm. And, <laughs> oh and I, no, I'm That's the Juggernaut. Bummer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. I want to be it. Cyclops, You're... but only the Brett Ratner version. Yeah, Brian uh, Richard's cool. Archangel from The Last Stand. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely nailed it. Is. Yeah. That's now it. I don't regret getting that inner arm tat. Yeah, those we, we yeah, Foster roll. That there. full wing back piece were just wings. <laughs> was, was worth it. Archangel, bro, you are the archangel. Yeah. Um. Well, like I said, uh, we think this is the last time we'll talk about X Men here for a while, uh, but we don't know, and we'll talk about uh, what's going to come a little bit later. But we did talk about X Men last week. The original X-Men movie of 2000 and our throwback episode in the VIP. Thank you to those people who listened to that episode, chimed in on their comments, and we talked uh, in the VIP last week about our favorite X-Men movies, and and it was a good conversation that that happened off the air. So shout out to those people. If you want to join us after every week uh, here on the main feed, we do a a special VIP episode at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. That's a dollar a week if you want to hit that, and we get uh, one bonus episode a week. Brian's actually been doing NBA post game shows after like every game of this mm. uh, these these NBA finals. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find that over there. I'm mad about no, sports no episodes. Is. It's okay. Yeah. No one is. It's fine. You need to get basketball jerk Richard on after one of these shows. Yeah, he's got yeah. takes. Would love it. Would love it. <laughs> basketball jerk Richard was <laughs> popping last night. Just. It charts. makes me so happy. It makes you so <laughs> angry, and I just I go in the full Paul Pierce mode and just troll. Our throwback uh, episode um, that we're going to be recording for this week's uh, ex- exclusive VIP episode is a little Toy Story talk. We're going to do a throwback ooh. retrospective. All three Toy Story movies are on the table. Get all our thoughts out there before Toy Story 4 hits theaters next weekend. So be on the lookout for that to hit your feeds this week, VIPs. 
Um, but I think we should start things off tonight. I think we should start things off, fellas, with a little bit of movie news, rumors, rumblings. How about that? Mmm, rumblings. So the first bit of uh, news I want to bring to you uh, started off as a rumbling, I think, a couple of years ago. And us three on the show weren't too positive on this, but uh, it's happening and it's happened at this point. Um, I'll read you the headline and uh, I'll guess you leave you two to react to it. <laughs> now, this comes from IndieWire. One day ago, John Turturro has finished his Big Lebowski sequel <laughs> and it's called oh, Going Places no. and it follows his character after being framed oh. as a pedophile and going to prison. Oh, At least no. he's framed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, he but really seriously, like. Yeah, that's. I mean, that ruins a little bit of the joke from Big Lebowski. But I was, uh, I think, more than a little concerned about, uh, <laughs> you know, like protagonizing. That's a word I just made up. Uh, mm. A pedophile, a convicted, yeah. a convicted pederast. Um, mm-hmm. So, so to speak. So, you know, in a vacuum, I'm glad to hear they're going with the falsely accused narrative. Uh, but in relation to Lebowski, it's it's disappointing because that's such a funny that that. Yeah. That uh, Walter just knows that about us is is yeah. so, so good, <laughs> but yeah. Who is this movie for? Is what I would like to know. Like who's who's chomping at the bit for a full movie on that character besides John Turturro, Lebowski, uh, the Lebowski fest yeah. uh, attendees. I guess that's true. Every year, Lebowski Con. I know they do that or something. I think there's a there's a small audience for this. I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's a theatrical thing at all. Um, yeah, sure. But I mean, crackle, yeah, crackle you, plus. Probably. I don't think it'll be good, but <laughs> at least they're not trying to just do Big Lebowski <laughs> too and bring back Jeff Bridges, bring yeah. back yeah. Walter. No, that's fine. Bring Donnie back from the dead somehow. Yeah. Um, when you got that fu crackle money to throw around, I mean, these right. are the kind of projects that happen. Yeah, and you got that just revenge raking re- in the dough. <laughs> Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Cash, you're good. Uh huh. When you, I mean, think about it. I mean, Joe Dirt Two cost nothing, and mm. that thing made. I mean, I think they got a couple billion in subscribers off that. <laughs> I mean, oh, it was. I mean, they were free subscribers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, but that but translates. That tr- I mean, it's just like I don't want to explain the technology economy to everybody, but it, mm-hmm. trust me, it's right. good and. Yeah. It's profitable and Crackle Plus. Mm-hmm. I think will be a either there, or um, you know, I heard that the uh, <laughs> Crackle's you know, actually it, it's it's actually funny because Crackle's actually a a genius platform. But the problem with it is is that it's you know basically what all it is is an app that serves up ads and Sony puts their content on it and people yeah. go there and watch ads to watch Sony's content. But the problem is Sony has almost no content that they own. <laughs> content, so, yeah. So it's Didn't you guys want to watch the interview? App. No. Mm, but yeah, okay. all they yeah. have to do is make good movies and everybody'll be down right. for to get the crackle. I mean, I crackle every night before I go to bed. So, <laughs> you guys. Sold it recently. It's been sold like 3 times. I think so. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's just it literally is just an app that, still that, that plays ads ads, but uh um so yeah, I guess uh going yeah, yeah. places. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. It was <laughs> It was sold to, it was sold to Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, that's, that's right, <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Soul, and it is that's being sorry. rebranded as Crackle Plus. 
I, I thought that was a bit. It really is going to become. We, J- Brian, you Man. made that happen. Wow, I willed that into existence. <laughs> you made that as a joke. Oh, anyhow. man, I got to Mar- throw away that script, though. That sucks. <laughs> That's too bad. But yeah, they do. Chicken soup for so- the crackle would have been way better. I, I want uh, in it. I want a chicken soup for the soul. Like experience. It is where I go I to watch my. To. Yeah. My nightly damages and rescue me though. Yeah. So <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, so that's, that is definitely, uh, I guess, officially news now at this point. It started off as rumbling here on the show, and you know sometimes uh-huh. these things happen. I think that about does it for a little bit of movie news, rumors, rumblings. But we're going to do something now that we have not done in months and used to be a staple yeah. of the show for the first couple of years. Uh, guys, let's, let's talk American treasures so the way this works is if you've never joined us before we have a little hall of fame that uh, we like to keep track of you might have heard us mention or reference american treasures on the show before uh, sometimes we like to bestow the title, the, the esteemed title of American Treasure, onto certain people that we feel really define what is great about American cinema and uh, pop culture and TV and uh, what have you. Um, but really, there's three requirements. And um, the three requirements are, one, you have to be in your said industry for at least 25 years or be 50 years old. Two, you have to be an American citizen. And three... And the most important is, Brian, sense you of humor. You must have, yeah, an incredible sense of humor about mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I propose. Vital. I propose. Vitally important. Okay. I propose a one change since this is the first oh. American Treasure uh, voting session of 2019. Hey, um, hey, hey, hey! Yeah. Kent has proposed <laughs> a change. Yeah. Since Order. We're in session. <laughs> um, I propose unanimous decisions I like for it. to get in because the person that brings them is automatically a vote. So really, only mm. one of us has to agree with you for them to be an AT. I say it needs to be mm. all three. It has to be. They have to. Everyone has to think that they're an American treasure. Otherwise, why would they? Why should they be in? Right? If one of us doesn't think mm. they're an AT, why are they? Why do they get the vest? Why do we take it to the embroider? You know, get them fitted, fly the guy up there to yeah. do it. That whole thing costs us a lot yeah. of money. It's to not, do this it's not worth too. it. Yeah. Um, so, People you wonder, like, are what's the VIP for, for? It's like, yeah, but we we don't yeah. apply it retroactively, right? Right. If you're an AT, yeah. you're you're yeah, an AT. you're already an AT. Right. You're grandfathered in. Um, okay. But now, yeah. effective immediately, unanimously, we have to vote. Um, it used to be two out of three, but now unanimously. Okay. okay. So having said like that, that um, a perfect. A perk of being a VIP is uh, we let you vote on a uh, on an American yeah. treasure, and Brian has the candidates that they voted on, and they're, he, um, we're going to bring uh, their candidate to the table and vote on it first here uh, Perfect. to Perfect. to break things open. So Brian, bring us uh, the VIP's candidate, and I will prepare yeah. my uh, my ceremonial gavel over here. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the way this works, if you are a uh, if you're a gold or an I member on our VIP page, you can nominate an American treasure, and then uh, everybody gets to vote on the the nominees. So 
I think this is an easy one. I got to be honest. Some, sometimes the, the VIP vote is like a good – it turns into a good debate. This probably would have been my selection as a uh, as an AT to bring to the table this this time around anyway. So I, I think it's an easy one. Uh, he would be a, a naturalized North American treasure rather than a just a full regular mm. American American treasure. So I'm nervous you know, that we're going to have the same one. I'm scared. Okay, Tom this Green? is the VIP vote. <laughs> no, he got in years ago. Um, the I think, but I I think this is going to. He's my he's bomb in the is on the head. Of, my bomb is on the head. <laughs> this Jesus. person is in the midst of an incredible renaissance right now, and I think is well deserved. And by every indication, mm. um, and every person across the world who has ever come in contact with this person apparently believes and and will will testify to the fact that he is just a great human being. So I think that that helps too, and has always shown. I think uh, a good sense of humor about himself, but especially over the last uh, ten years or so, it really, really has kicked in on that front. So I'm bringing to the tre- to the table North American treasure Keanu Reeves. Mm. 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 Great career, peaks and valleys, which is I find interesting, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Um, I'm a little tired of Keanu Twitter. But this is how, not his fault. How dare you? Yeah, yeah, it's just like you know what I mean. It's like it's it's uh, at a certain point. Uh, but he is wonderful. Uh, sense of humor about oneself. I'm running through. Okay, he does seem lighthearted. I'm trying to find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he's not. I wouldn't say he's especially funny. Yeah, but he is very lighthearted about oneself, and there is a certain humor to that. Okay, I'm considering. I just I just want to think out loud. Yeah. Kent, you want to think for a second? No, that's. Uh... You're you're right on. Um, I gotta, you know, you're right on, Brian, when when you talked about Renaissance because I feel like had, <coughs> excuse me, John Wick not come out, would we be mm-hmm. talking about Keanu Reeves as an American treasure right now, or be like, yeah, O'Malley, maybe O'Malley for sure, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we can't. I'm I'm not taking that away from him at all, but um, sure. he definitely He's has had a career. Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely. If I vote for him, it's going to be for more the person than the career, for sure. Um, yes. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I would say this. Here's my argument. Because I'm with you. I was not – I've not always been a Keanu fan. I've always heard that he is just a great human being. And that's that's great. Like, that's part of it. Um, I think that part of having a great sense of humor about oneself is – can sometimes be expressed in a way that he is very he's become very good at, which is kind of leaning into your shortcomings For and sure. very sh- being very. playing roles that are very much kind of. T- I mean, the the John the John Wick movies we've come to the, a place where we all really love them. I think, and those are incredibly ridiculous, stupid movies, and none of them I think are asking him to do much as an actor <laughs> like as a stuntman sure but as an actor i don't i don't know that there's a lot going on there i don't think that i don't think that keanu reeves would take those roles 15 years ago peak matrix time you know and i don't think that uh i, I think that taking them sort of illustrates the point of his own sense of humor about himself of like kind of leaning into that yeah yeah these are absurd and dumb and i'm going to go and i'm going to give them everything i've got and i and i think that that 
um, I think that helps his cause quite a bit. Because you're right, Kent. I think five years ago, we're probably not having this discussion about Keanu Reeves. No, but now, definitely not. Now, yeah. I think things have shifted a bit. I think so, too. I really enjoyed his documentary he did a few years ago called Side by Side. That was about yeah. digital cinema and the transition that's happening in Hollywood uh, with celluloid film, 35 millimeter film, the standard film, you know, developing process going away and certain directors shifting to digital, uh, you know, cameras and digital processing and some, you know, mm -hmm. filmmakers obviously holding on to what, uh, you know, what they grew up with and just why certain people feel certain ways. It's a really interesting documentary. If you've never seen it, yeah. it's called side by side, uh, that he produced and he narrates it and kind of hosts it and interviews the people. It's got Martin Scorsese and Spielberg and Tarantino and, and the whole lot in there. It's really interesting, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he just yeah. loves Louis movies, Ball. man. Yeah. I got to play this, uh, this drop here. I man. love movies. <laughs> Gosh, I love movies. I love watching them. And I love making them. He's so genuine. <laughs> like, yeah. he really yeah. does. Like, he just, like, lives and breathes this stuff. And so that's why I'm voting yes for American Treasure. Perfect. North American Perfect. Treasure. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Richard, what are you voting? The <clears throat> delegation from my home affirms. Nice. Good job, VIPs. That's a good one. That was a good one. By that the way, really if y'all haven't seen this Always Be My Maybe movie on uh, Netflix, Keanu Reeves is amazing in this movie. Incredible. Plays himself. Ma he just Major walked off the set of John himself. Wick, right? And just straight on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. it's Same suit It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. So That's great. Cool. All right. John Wick. I'm not John Wick. Keanu Reeves is in. All right. Good deal. Awesome. I'm open to, Keanu, to uh, John Wick as an American treasure as well. Just... FYI, naturalized citizen. Okay. Thank you, VIPs. I'm going to bring my candidate to the table now, and uh, it's somebody that I've grown up with my entire life. I don't know about, about you fellas, but he's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, somebody who I greatly respect that they do this every single day with the same attitude and vigor, uh, no matter you know, how many years uh, go by. Certainly at this point, if it were me, I would have gotten tired of it. But uh, it really does uh, say something about the kind of person. Um, and I'm just going to say the name because I can't say anything else without giving it away. Um, I'm bringing to the table tonight, today, here, American Treasure Al Roker. Interesting. Oh. Definitely fits the sense of humor about oneself. It's done a million okay, bits good, with good, Conan. Good, good, good. Uh, always did the bits with Conan. Was always the fill-in guest on Conan back on the old New York mm -hmm. Conan show. When someone would back out, they would just get Roker. Um, definitely always down for a bit. Uh, I will say, Fat Al Roker, easier to, easier to get in. Way more jolly. Not a huge... Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you know, I'm not a fan of, of weight loss as, as we've said on here. I'm, I like everyone to be plump. Um, I want everyone to be healthy. I'm a fan of weight loss. I, the only, <laughs> um, no, I, I think definitely fits a sense of humor. Definitely hits the age. Um, so 
Uh, Here's the thing. I'm just I trying to up. think of the career. I'm just trying to think of the career. You know, yeah. I know he is. He he's good at what he does. He's like the question has. How many times is he going to say that's what's going around the country? Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods, and say it like he means it. You know, and not, not like it's just like I got to say Definitely. this daggum thing again. It's like that to me says everything you need to know about the American treasure. Like he says it like it's the first time every single time. And he's been doing that, what, 700,000 times at this point? Um, <laughs> you know, like even late night hosts, you know, you see him, you know, Conan at this point. Like he's, you, you go through the motions. It never seems like that with him. And it's, uh, it's pretty respectable. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I like, I think this is a good bring, guy to bring to the table because it's, I like I like candidates that are kind of out there. I like that. I like that candidate. If you go back to yeah. our first, I think the first time we did this segment, I think my first uh, first candidate that I brought to the table was Bill Walton. So I, I love I love going outside the norm on these. Uh, Not on actor, yeah, yeah, they, they, the public figure types. I think mm-hmm. that's that brings a little. Uh, I don't know. It it adds a little bit of something to this Hall of Fame. So I think that's a good that's a good call. He definitely has a place like this and kind of a, an elevated place in American pop culture, especially for, I don't know if he resonates at all with anyone who's younger than us, but um, for our generation and up, he, it seems like he has been even as someone who, I mean, I haven't watched the today show in, in, I don't know, a decade, but it's, he's the only one left. He's the only one left. Yeah. 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 I roll with Will. I roll with Will. I roll with Katie Couric, Matt Lauer, Al yeah. Roker. He's the only one. Whatever happened to Matt Lauer, we, man? Yeah, I don't what, know. what happened to that guy? Yeah, let us okay. know. Email us if you know. Yeah. <laughs> Email Richard specifically. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's he has a the right kind of platform that that we are looking for. I don't. I don't love out. Al- Here's. Uh, I'm gonna vote yes, but mostly because. Uh, when we were dating, my wife met him in Times Square and got on the Today Show and did a big, ridiculous thing. And he was he was funny and and nice and kind to her. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll go I'll go with that. But he is a uh, but I think that's a that's a fun. He seems kind of washed, but I but I also kind of like guys like that that are a bit washed and they're just like yep, just getting them to checks, it. just yeah. kind of keep getting them checks. I don't I don't know why I like that. Do Trope, I need the money? But, Not at all. Yeah. Is it yeah. fun to make seven million a year? Sure. Yeah, sure is. I'm I'm here. That's fine. That's something that can go that can go either way, right? Like you can you can just be like, gosh, what a what a bum, or you can be like, much respect. So I'm I'm in that. So I, 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 you got my vote. You got my vote. You can't forget his roles in um, Robots, Pirates, Band of Misfits, and The Big Year. <laughs> That's his IMDb yes. is what yes. it says. Not the Today Show. Perfect. Not known for the Today Show. He's definitely known for Cloudy with a, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, and The Big Year, starring Steve Martin and Owen Wilson. Um, nice. So yeah, um, Al Roker, American Treasure. There you Hold go. on. Nice. Hold on. I oh. get a vote. Ken. Okay. The motion is affirmed. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Nice. That, was, that was that was close. Had me there. Kept us kept us on our toes. <laughs> um, what, who's your nominee, Richard? All right, mine's out of the box, but I think I can make a strong, not necessarily legal case, 
nor case-based on precedent. But I think I can appeal to both of you and your senses of <laughs> decency, mm-hmm. your senses of honor, and your willingness to put truth and good and life above rules. Some would say rules, my <laughs> friends, are made to be broken. I'm not always been one to say that, but I've, I've heard it. Mm. The following nominee has been in the public forum since 1994 when they turned professional. They've had an enormously great career. It has been a, a true honor to enjoy them every day for the last 20-something years. Uh, They have shown an enormous sense of humor about themselves. And while they may not fit all the criteria, I will go down dying, fighting that this person, this, nay, this hero, (laughs) is an American treasure. So I propose to you two gents, and your senses of decency and honor and integrity, American treasure, Dirk Nowitzki. Went pro in 1994 for DJK Wurzburg. Whoa. Whoa. I mean. Yeah. Our first non-American American treasure. It can be done. We are the committee. <laughs> I like I mean, that you you're gotta, doing this. You have to fit the first, the three rolls. I mean, that's. that's he not, is. How about that's this, though? How about this, though? You could open a new wing. Though? I mean, if you want to. Sure. Get the sure, funding but... to open the European wing of. European treasures. Mm-hmm. I think that's a shoe in We're about to name a freaking street after him. Yeah. His st- I mean. I would say I am willing to propose that it is pending his approval on American citizenship. Okay. I, I mean, you got my vote, obviously. Yeah, I would like, say I would say pending his approval. Um, okay. But if he, if he doesn't get an Amer- become an American citizen, then no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got it. You okay. have to follow the three. You have. I mean, there's Absolutely. no. I didn't make up the rules. Like they were set in the stone when we arrived. You know. That's it's like not gotta, sure there has ever been an athlete who has a better sense of humor about himself. And if he can wear the vest to the actual <laughs> hearing, maybe he gets in. You know. <laughs> oh, that's the true. denim and the American flag lining. <laughs> in the, right. We'll you know. we'll put in like an expander in the back because he's going to be about twenty pounds heavier by the yeah. time he gets to that. But that's, we'll, that's we'll send him an invoice for the extra mm-hmm. fabric. Yeah. He can he's a millionaire. He can he can take care of it. Right. Um, yeah, welcome, Dirk. Dope. Oh, felt welcome. good. Oh, hallelujah. Is that it? This is the greatest day of my life. Honestly. I got I got mine. I got mine. Okay. Because uh, I I did the VIPs. Uh, I'm gonna go. I've got a couple pulls here. Let's see. Let's go. Let's get a little female representation here. This actress has been a part of our lives forever, it seems like. She seems like she has been culturally relevant for my entire life. She recently has sort of begun a bit of a renaissance over the last few years. I think she's always displayed a great sense of humor about herself and is always uh, quite pleasant on the screen. She's a great actress. I believe she has. Let me look. She has an Oscar, so that's that's nice. The career stuff is there, but again, she's also always had a great sense of humor about herself, and uh, she was smart enough to uh, to now ex- to get on the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe side of things to uh, continue her 
her uh, relevancy into the uh, into the next decade or so. So I want to bring to the table American treasure Marissa Tomei. Oh, mm, big fan. Always have been. Right in the old RB wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> great actress. Uh, the the Oscar her Oscar is one of the most famous ever because of like the conspiracy. It's kind of the Patrick Ewing envelope of Oscars, mm-hmm. which just makes it cooler. I think I'm not mm-hmm. using it as a demerit. Has done some really great performance. Has had a really long and great career, and and uh, you know, in a world where unfortunately that doesn't get to happen for a lot of women, it's it's like more impressive when you know, like against all odds, you actually work for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I do hate women. Um, so that's, on the <laughs> other hand, there's that. So it's hard, right? I knew it's it hard. was a risky play. <laughs> I knew it was risky. So, and I made that explicitly clear. And, oh gosh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and vote because I've, I've been dramatic earlier and I'm going to go ahead and just let Ken have the decider. The motion is affirmed. Kinto? Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's charming, talented. Um, has definitely has the career to back up the, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess career aspect of it. Um, you know, you're not in O'Malley territory by any means with an Oscar and, uh, great bits on Seinfeld, um, stayed relevant definitely in 2019 somehow. So I would say for sure. Uh, and you're right, Brian, we need, uh, we're we're definitely underrepresented upper underrepresented in the uh in the ATs hall. So we need to get that to get that fixed awesome. sooner rather than later. Um so yeah, Marissa Tomei. Wow. Nice. Nice. That's a good class right there, gentlemen. That's that's strong. Keanu, Al Roker, Dirk, Marissa Tomei. We kinda hit all boxes there. Perfect. Perfect. Great job. Okay. We will uh take a quick breather. And uh, be back to talk dark feelings. Started all in early September. My God given little became a little older. I could see my broken heart. Hold on to your teardrops, you got a long way to go. We're joined by a friend of the show to talk about Dark Phoenix now, Josh. Hey, Josh, welcome. Hey, guys, what's happening? Not too much, not too much. Just uh, gearing up and uh, recovering from my X-Men binge sessions uh, this past week. I <laughs> uh, went back and tried to watch as much X-Men as I could and invest myself into this universe. Uh, we want to ask you a couple questions before we uh, get fully into this review. First of all, um, have you seen MacGruber? Or now you see me, and would you like to review or comment on one of those for the next 30 seconds? That's what you get. Yes. I actually have a very special signed copy of Now You See Me. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's very fancy. And um, I remember when that thing came out, but I I didn't see it. So I threw it in, and I was excited. And I got 20 minutes into it, maybe. And you couldn't do it. And good. Well, I it's I, CGI magic. I don't. You had to get the four K version. You stopped it, and you're like, I can't watch this and right. anything but four. Right. Yeah, four 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 K. But it is amazing that those actors and that budget and that got greenlit. But man, that's that's a rough one. That's some rough trade right there. 
It didn't didn't look close enough, Josh. It happened to yeah. the best of us yeah. next time yeah. around. That's right. I wasn't I wasn't watching. You were not looking <laughs> close enough. You I don't want to look too close. But you want to look right, close. Right. It's not there's a, there's a happy media. Yeah, there right. is perfect. Oh, yeah. Um okay. Well, um what made you want to talk Dark Phoenix? Uh give us a little bit of background on your X-Men background if you have an X-Men background. What's your what's your history on this franchise? Well, um I remember being really excited when the first one came out because that was that's kind of that moment when you had X-Men and then Spider-Man. And when, you know, the comic film stuff really kind of, that's kind of where it started, really. I mean, you know, it's off and on throughout the years. You go back to, like, Christopher Reeve's Superman and then, you know, Batman or whatever. But, you know, having that many comic characters in one film, I that had not been done before. So I was pretty excited. And it was kind of cool that there was kind of nobody in that, really, I guess. I mean, I, Halle Berry, is she, like, the biggest Patrick Stewart. thing in that? Yeah, Patrick Stewart, yeah. Uh, he's kind of an easy one for Professor X, given Star Trek. But yeah, I was really excited to see it. And uh, yeah, I've seen them all. I did a binge too and went back to compare and stuff. And, you know, you forget. And I especially watched The Last Stand because this is, I don't know what this is, a remake of The Last Stand or reboot, or, redo. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, big comic book guy from way back. I, I used to have Captain America comics and stuff like that when I was a kid. Right and, yeah, I love this stuff. It's great. Good stuff. Well, um, we talked a little bit about this, Brian, in, uh, in the VIP about our backgrounds yeah, on, on yeah. X-Men. Um, I know you're a, a big fan of the animated series. That's kind of where your yeah. zeitgeist goes back to. But um, along with me and Richard, um, you know, we've become really big fans of this series uh, over the years. And this is my probably favorite comic book characters. I don't know if it's my favorite comic book series on film because uh, what the MCU has done obviously is has trumped it at this point in certain moments of what Christopher Nolan has done, uh, I think. But, um, man, I really, really enjoy uh, X-Men, uh, you know, the world, the theology of it, the mythology of Professor X and um but you know my favorite X-Men movies aren't X-Men movies my favorite X-Men movies is Logan and Deadpool so you know it's hard mm -hmm. for me to say I'm all in on this when you know I'm kind of more in on the universe than I am on the execution of what these movies uh, have become but man um lots to talk about with this one for sure I don't want to get into my general thoughts yet but uh Richard can you give us a little bit of your background on this before we get into general thoughts yeah, so I didn't read uh, comic books at all as a kid, and I, uh, but I had a Wolverine toy or something from McDon of McDonald's or something, so I knew what he was. I mean, I knew Batman and Superman, but that was about it. And uh, and then I saw these movies. These have always been the ones where I go, this is not my thing comic wise. I have other nerdy obsessions, uh, but if I were to get into it, this is what I would be into because I love all the um, like cultural allegory. I think it's really smart, and I love the logic to it. They do the best job, I think, of any superhero stuff that I know of, which admittedly is limited. Of really, at least put it, you know, the Jurassic Park test. Like, okay, mosquito plus, you know, frozen in amber. Okay, cool. I'm there. Um, it, it, this does that really well for the most part. I mean, there's some absurdities, but I've always just been, this has always been earmarked of like, if I ever have, if gun to my head, I have to get in the comics. I'm going to like get into, mm -hmm. to X-Men, which God forbid I ever have to, but if I do, I'd be, <laughs> that'd be great. But I, I do, I look forward to these. I think they're really interesting. You know, like 
like uh, the MCU. It's executed so well and it's so epic and all that. But I don't really care. At this, I kind of like care more. I get more invested. More like watching a real movie. Not a real movie, but a, a non things with capes movie. Um, I think these when these work well as they have, but have infrequently. Admit, admittedly, they they struggle with these. Kind of like what you said, Ken. I love these characters, but I've not enjoyed these films consistently. But when these work, to me, uh, they're the best of the of the genre and are are uh, you know really game for interesting performances and, and things too. So uh, yeah, that's kind yeah. of my two cents on X Men. So I always go into these very hopeful, and I'm either thrilled or or let down uh or some combination thereof so yeah that's my coming that's my uh thoughts awesome awesome well we've um we've heard about you know dark phoenix for a number of years honestly um ever since x-men apocalypse came out and uh you know even before that with uh with x-men days of future past that we're talking about rebooting this when they brought Sophie Turner on board with Apocalypse, and uh, we knew that this was coming eventually. Um, but, you know, a lot of this, you know, the failure, if, we're, if we want to talk a little bit about the box office aspect of things um, before we talk about the movie, the fact that this wasn't number one, it lost The Secret Life of Pets 2 this past weekend domestically in the U.S. Uh, it made $33 million to a 47 million debut for The Secret Life of Pets 2. And uh so obviously Disney acquired this movie. It was already completed at the merger, I believe, and so they kind of had it in their pocket. They could do with it what they wanted to do with it. Um they obviously prioritized their own movies that they have more time and money invested in, I'm sure, than this. Um, but they did definitely didn't do it any favors by releasing it after Captain Marvel and after Avengers and, uh, you know, in this, uh, really kind of time of the summer where not a lot of movies have been released in the past couple of years. You know, this is a window that not a lot of movies have been successful. And, uh, certainly we felt a hangover from Godzilla and, you know, all the other films that are currently out i mean uh you know we got men in black this weekend so it's just the competition's insane aladdin rocket man uh, john wick still doing well and so on so uh it's just i i don't think personally that this movie uh you know as a movie um is is nearly as bad as the reviews have said it is on rotten tomatoes i mean i see it's 23 percent here uh currently um approval rating um, and I'm looking at uh, Independence Day Resurgence, which is a 29% <laughs> approval rating. And I'm not kidding you. I would watch this 100 times out of 100 same. over watching yeah, same Independence here. Day same Resurgence here. one time. Um, yeah, no the, question. The, the, for me, the biggest issue with the movie is that this is the conclusion of the X-Men series, and this yeah. is it. It feels... It feels really out of order. These movies feel out of order. Days of Future Past totally. feels like the most feels like the end of the, of this, you know. Um, and that's probably what they should have done. Um, X Men Apocalypse is unwatchable. I mean, like I I tried to give it a shot this past week. I couldn't even make it thirty minutes. Like I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that that's in my opinion the worst X Men movie. Um, this. To me, um, just 
without spoiling spoiling anything um it's uh you know as conclusion it's not what you would want from this series but as a movie it's fine you know it's kind of the arc of Jean Grey told through a different perspective than we've seen uh you know on screen before which is fine I guess as a movie it's it's perfectly passable um the script is got issues at times but like I said it's it's watchable um I mean we got out of that I got out of that theater in less than two hours which is a huge win um yeah and it, to me the biggest detriment is the context in which this movie is presented is probably as as worse a context as an x-men movie has been put out in and mm-hmm. you know it's almost dead in the water like to me it should have been like probably x-men first class uh you know this movie <laughs> And then Apocalypse, and then Days of Future Past, maybe, and then Logan to kind of wrap things up. That's probably what they should have done. But anyway, yeah, this just as a movie, it, it's fine. But as a conclusion to a nine movie or six movie arc, however many we want to count as X Men movies, it's a right. certainly a disappointment. Uh, but Brian, kick us off with your general thoughts. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like it was not that bad of a movie experience by any means. I'm disappointed where this franchise has ended up because as you stated, and we talked about on our, our uh, original X-Men review that's, that's on our VIP feed. I love the X-Men. This is by far my favorite comic book series of characters of, of uh, films, any, anything. And I'm always bummed. I will always be more excited about the prospect of an X-Men movie than I will be by anything that, that uh, the MCU or DC has to offer. It's just the thing that I like, care the most about. And I'm likewise, I'm always extremely disappointed when that goes poorly. And too often, uh, this franchise has just kind of gone poorly. And this, I think a big part of the problem for this movie individually uh, is kind of an offshoot of... of the happenings with apocalypse and and even days of future past it's just the timeline you kind of touched on can't the timeline makes no sense and no one can really make sense of what's happening and it's hard to to uh keep all this stuff in your brain whereas the mcu has been so meticulously planned out from the beginning and it's not fair that the to, in some ways it's not fair to compare the two um but i kind of wish days of future past tried to reset the timeline I don't think it did so effectively enough, despite how much I really dig that movie, to then go to the next film, Apocalypse, and really make the timeline even more confusing. These, um, you know, these kind of arbitrary years that they put these movies based in and, and bring these characters in, and then you're like, but, like, it's only three years, or only seven years until, uh... Professor X looks like Patrick Stewart, you know, like it's, it's just a very, it's hard to wrap your brain around how all this works together. And the truth is it doesn't work together and we should just appreciate them as individual movies or maybe as like these three, these last couple movies tie together. But Apocalypse, you're right, is so bad that um, there's not a lot of momentum going into this. And then you decide we're going to do this kind of last thing 
with this X-Men franchise and we're going to retell a story that we already did in Last Stand, which to me is the worst of the X-Men movies, which was very – it's a, also a storyline that we kind of touched on in X2 United. It was a very popular part of the animated series in the, in the 90s. It's just – it's too – there's a lot of things stacked against this. So I, I was – I think that it's it's fine. As I mean, there are definitely parts that I rolled my eyes at. I think they really messed up and just missed on the casting of the younger characters uh, with Ty Sheridan and and Sophie Turner and uh, what's his name, uh, Cody, Cody Schmidt or whatever. That just they're not those actors are not really charismatic, not enjoyable to watch on screen. And then you kind of you give them dialogue that certainly doesn't help the cause. And now you're really basing a lot of your franchise on these these characters and these actors, and and they're they're not quite coming up to the the level that you want, especially when you when you've got people like uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy kind of occupying the background. You know, it's just an odd it's an odd mix, and it's a bad way for for this franchise to go out. And despite I, I totally agree with you, Ken. Like, I could, I could absolutely watch this movie again, and would much rather watch this than a lot of the other uh, mediocre to bad blockbusters that that we have watched over over the last few years. But I'm I'm in the bag because I love this this series, and it's very easy for me to set aside what are a lot of problems and issues and flaws with the movie, just because I really like this universe and I enjoy being uh seeing these characters on screen even when they're done um poorly and there's great swaths of this that are they're done poorly so that's where i'm at josh what about you man what what are your general thoughts on on this one and and uh you know this where this franchise has gone to this point or through up to this point now that we're done with it i guess yeah um it it's yeah it's kind of a bummer because like I remember, there was a lot of talk of that this wasn't going to get released, along with that New Mutants movie, which I don't know when they're going to release that. But these two were rumored that they just they weren't going to do it. Disney was like, had seen it and was like, no. And then I don't know if you guys know they reshot the end of this movie. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talk about that. And uh, yeah, I yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I, dude, I'm in the bag for this stuff too. And yeah, I love the X Men. I mean. Or just everything about it is just so cool. And, you know, when you, it, it's just too bad they couldn't have, I don't know, man. It's, it's just weird. Like, I, I just can't believe somebody was like, hey, I know what we should do. Let's redo uh, the third X-Men movie, you know, kind yeah. of. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't, and I don't think that this, that the character uh, that, uh, sorry, that uh, Chance of Stark plays, I'm sorry, that's the. Uh, Sophie Turner. Sophie yeah. Turner. I can't believe that's kind of the that they decided to pick that character because I don't feel like there's been a lot of time with that character. Agree. Totally. And agree. and it's like I mean she was that character's mostly in um the like Apocalypse I guess is that where most of these characters kind of these mm-hmm. younger ones are kind of from Apocalypse right. and yeah and Apocalypse is just it's a dumpster fire you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's too bad. I kind of wish they would have leaned into the mummy thing or something on that more because that beginning was actually kind of cool. But anyway, I, sure, I digress. But yeah, it's too bad. I wish they could have. Uh, 
done something with it, but it almost seems like they just needed to get this out. Like they were just like, well, what are we going to do with it? I mean, if it sits on the shelf, it makes nobody any money, you know? Right. And right. it almost feels like this is a financial move, which yeah. is, which is speaking of that, it's really strange because this movie has a $200 million budget yeah. online. And like, did, did this seem like a $200 million movie to anybody else? I don't, I don't know, man. It's the first X-Men was 75 mil on the budget. I don't. Yeah. They are, that's a good point. Yeah. It didn't, it did not, it did not have the scale of a $200 million movie at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, now granted the set pieces in this, there's some cool stuff to be sure, but yeah, I mean, that's a lot. And yeah, it's, it's tracking for ugh, 30 something mil. Yeah. Yeah. Deadline had a piece that, uh, uh, Batman Shane sent us late last night talking about how much money this was going to lose and projected it would probably end up losing somewhere between 100 and and 150 million dollars all told you know considering marketing and all that so a lot of his reshoots the i think that that piece that that Shane sent us one of the things it touched on was the release date cuz it kept getting bumped around and that Fox had never intended for it to be a summer movie because it is darker. I mean, it doesn't feel as summery as some of the other X-Men movies have. I think that's, that's fair. And so it's great that they recognize that, (laughs) but then they ultimately decided to slate it for, for June and spend a ton of money advertising that the, the, uh, the move got, I think the move got from Valentine's day to this opening week of June, (laughs) <laughs> got announced they, like two days after yeah. they'd advertised that it was opening on February 14th. And st- I mean, just, just a cluster of, of poor decisions made. And then they handed it off to Disney and Disney's like, well, what, what are we going to do with it at this point? We're certainly not going to spend another, not going to push it back again and spend another 50 mil to try to make it work. It, it, it definitely feels like a, all right, let's just get this out there and get it over with. Cause this is, it's, it's not going to, not much is going to come of this, so let's just get it done, you know. Hey, I have a question for you guys on this. Do you think because of this kind of poor performance, this is going to make Disney push out whatever their other plans for the X-Men are to maybe get some distance from this movie? Or do you think that has any effect? I don't know. That's what so, I've, uh, I've heard, yeah. I've heard yeah. that they, they, they're just going to stick with the MCU and, you know, they've got the MCU plan, you know, 10 years now. Um, and they've said they're no in no hurry to reboot this, and they don't need to. Right. You know, they're making plenty of money and doing their doing very well. So, yeah, I, I would say it'll be at least you know th- three, four, five years before we we hear about one being produced. Um, now doesn't mean Deadpool's not going to have movies. Doesn't mean Hugh Jackman can't come back and do his own thing with Disney. But the X Men, uh, I you know I don't see that happening for for a while but brian what do you know yeah like the that new mutants movie got pushed again i think it's supposed to be april of next year and that one has Arya stark kind of, in it yeah i'm kind of <laughs> at the point with that one where i think it that one just may never they should out, just put that on honestly they probably should have done this with dark phoenix too they should have just made those disney plus exclusive first day yeah. one things and sure you know and, and draw some audience that yeah. way yeah it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a bad wouldn't have been a bad bet especially considering well they didn't they didn't really spend any money to make this so right so there's that um but yeah I, i'm kind of with you ken i expect it 
the argument to the other side of that is, I guess the, the, the word for that, the counter argument, great, great English there, Brian. The counter argument for that would be the Spider-Man homecoming type of thing where you, uh, you know, those amazing really Spider-Man fast, movies yeah. with, with Andrew Garfield were not well received and just kind of languished. I think there's a real market. People, people like this series. I don't know that people like it as much as, uh, Batman movies or um, whatever, Captain America movies or, or or whatever. But I think there's a real market for the X Men. I think they have a, it's got a a pretty large fan base, and these also get done very well in the comics, and they're pretty good about reinvigorating this line of comics every few years and stuff. So I, it's very popular. It wouldn't totally surprise me. I, if I had to bet, I would go with you, Ken. I would say they're gonna. It's gonna be three to five years before we will get any kind of notice of like you know pre-production or here's the announcement for the next X Men movie or how we're gonna revamp these. But I I don't think it's it's completely out of the realm of possibility that sometime next year we get an announcement of like we're gonna mm-hmm. kind of fast track a reboot of this whole thing yeah because we want to do it right the way similar to what they did with, with spider-man homecoming of just saying you know we you guys have really botched this the last three times out we we're gonna do it right because um you know we're disney we have the infrastructure to do this correctly and see some kind of re but i think they have to if to do that you have to you have to really set aside literally everything that happens in in these uh, however many movies this is at this point, I don't even know six, seven. You, I think you have to come out ahead of time and say none of that exists. In the, do what you do with Star Wars with all the the extended universe stuff, the ancillary yeah. stuff, and just say none of this is canon. None of this matters anymore. We are completely starting over because it's just gotten so clustered and messy. We no one has any. Even hardcore X Men fans have no clue what's happening in these movies anymore because they're. There's there's just strings everywhere attaching this movie to that one, and it, none of it really. The timeline is so jacked up. We're starting over completely, and and just go from there. Yeah. Uh, before I pass it off to you, Richard, um, you know, I think maybe more the reason that they want to kind of sit back and let it play out is you've got some great actors in this franchise already. You know. Um, do you want to just say immediately that you're moving on from James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence and Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman, whoever else you want to bring back for X-Men, um, you can do. So I think it's more like if they're going to reboot it, how do they do it? You know, do they bring back Mm -hmm. one of the original? Do they bring back, you know, does Professor X come in at the end of an Avengers movie and meet Nick Fury or... You know, does Logan come back uh, and make a cameo? Uh, you know, do they do it one by one? Is it is it a team movie? Do they do do they do you know an X Men movie and then bring them in with the Avengers? You know, there's so many ways that they could do it that um, they they have no reason to rush it. But I I would think it would be probably more along the lines of you throw one of the characters that people know already and are familiar with into a movie that you've already got in production. And people freak out when they see Logan in a movie. I mean, it would it would blow up the internet if Logan showed up at the end of Guardians Three. People would lose their minds, right? Um, uh, sure. So, I think that's probably more the strategy. And then just just kind of say, hey, 
you know, we've got X-Men now, and then you reboot it however you want after that. But I think it's going to start with a cameo or a a familiar face popping up in in, a, in an MCU movie. But I don't think it'll happen for a while, nonetheless. Like I said, two, three years before we uh, we get that, uh, we get notice of that. But Richard, uh, Dark Phoenix thoughts, general thoughts about this movie and ending this and yeah. break everything. Break the seal on spoilers, too. Yeah, if you yeah want to. go for Just it. Get, get it going. Oh, lucky me. No, it's uh, it was it's a uh, it was an interesting movie because there was you could definitely tell it was made piecemeal, like either reshoots or like you know diff- six different scripts combined in the one. Kind of, it definitely had that um, chopped up feel to it because you know there were parts of it where I was like I actually enjoyed the last nine minutes of myself, and then. And then it would get rough for a while. You know, that that's a weird kind of unique feeling uh, for big budget films. Uh, so it did. It had a lot of, you know, I was like kind of flash. Apocalypse was not only so, so uh, abysmal, but also just so forgettable. And yeah. so you're like, th- I'm trying to like piece it. You know, I've seen. And part of it's because I've seen First Class and Days of Future Pass probably three times each, maybe maybe one, you know, maybe four times each. And I've seen that once because I'm not a uh, sadist or whatever. So, <laughs> um, so that you know, it's it's it was kind of trying to remember things like that. It seemed like part of it like leaned still into that. I thought they were trying to get away from that. They definitely got away from the scale of it because that scale was so weird. Uh, but then also didn't run from other parts of it, as you said, mentioned some of the, the characters that they kept. I, I really would have preferred they just wiped the slate free, but yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I don't normally look at, um, Rotten Tomato th- scores or Metacritic scores before or reviews before we go in, uh, because I like to try to be, but a lot of it, you know, this one I did just because, you know, those articles start popping up in your Apple news, like something's eating poop at the box office x Men, you know <laughs> and you're like oh okay uh when you're getting alerts on it, it's kind of i right. wasn't seeking it out so that's the headline i wrote for apple news so thanks, good man. you're doing hey get keep getting those <laughs> keep getting those checks um so you know i was aware that it was not well received so then it's like okay so i'm kind of go in like all right and then it was like oddly better than i expected so i have like more of a positive view because like you said kent I think when I saw it, it was 17%. Uh, it's now up to 23. It's certainly not a, you know, it's like a, it's like a 45 to 60 movie probably in there. I would say maybe 40 to 60, uh, is what it feels like. And if it had been that, I would have, you know, I hate crediting things off arbitrary rotten tomato scores, but you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, Oh, that sure. wasn't a, that wasn't a 17. I mean, like you said, Kent, uh, independence day. I could name insurgent. 50 movies that are worse. Yes. That have better. Scores. So same. There's some nice, re- that being said, there's some really bad moments in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that it, it really relies on on Sophie Turner, who's I think a fine actress and certainly an interesting celebrity and and, and beautiful and has the movie star good looks and all those things. But hey, man, it's a different thing carrying uh, these kind of movies, and she has help certainly with McAvoy and Fassbender and seconds of <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence and things like that. But like it's. It's uh, this is a whole different type of skill set, and she could totally. I'm not gonna. There's some people like we always talk about. Jeremy Renner does not have that. He has a lot of things. He's a fine actor, but he doesn't have the. I'm gonna be interesting on screen for two hours. Gene, she may develop it. She's young and and uh, all that, but it's just she certainly did not have it this time around. She felt like 
very TV and really cheesy in some of her lines. But a lot of that is the, the script as well. But, it, like, it really relies on her. That wouldn't be a big deal if she was, like, ancillary. But it's, like... They had to cast somebody with red hair. So it was, like, they they're Exactly, man. Honestly. Totally. Seriously. Yeah. No, they, they gave like Chastain, Chastain the blonde Chastain was hair. in the movie because they're, like, yeah. well, we could have her as Jean Grey, but it's, like, Sophie Turner is younger, you know? Yeah, it was... They always have kind of messed with that a little bit you know it's like uh that that character that type has been hard for them to really and i know like, so I never thought... is blonde before i get the emails naturally no blonde. i know you're gonna get all those yeah. all those how dare you <laughs> um all those things but you know the the gene gray character i think has been hard for them to yeah i never th- i mean famkin jensen was like fine right but was yeah. that's you know but not not uh not the top 10 of those in the, in, of those films. So uh, yeah, I think that's a tough one to pull off. And so maybe just don't work the whole movie around it. Cause it's apparently a tough character to <laughs> right. work right. around, but, but, and then like McAvoy just looks weird. You know, it's like, they've gone too far with the, <laughs> the makeup on it. It was mm-hmm. kind of like the hybrid makeup that's making him like actually into Patrick Stewart is, is bizarre. <laughs> I, but, uh, uh, but other than that, no but there were like i said this movie is whatever uh it's too long also but it's it's uh x amount of minutes long and probably 40 of those are fine Mm. well that's not true 25 of those are fine and 20 of them are quite good and then the rest is is really garbage and and you just you go well this was it felt like a dump like like josh said it's just kind of felt like they kind of just let it. I, I I'd heard that this had not screened well, so they had to reshoot and everything. But yeah, in terms of MCU, I'm all in on X Men being involved. Like I said, I find them the most interesting characters. But um, I, you, like you said, can't why mess with a good thing for now? I think that's when, at some point, I would think, and I could be wrong. The the, the interest in the MCU will dip, and that's where you jolt it. You know, you make the you make the trade for Rashid Wallace and and uh, and jolt it with a little. X-Men. Yeah. So that's my yeah. kind of macro thoughts on it. Go ahead. You guys yeah, continue. I guess, I guess it kind of depends on what the next saga arc of the MCU is. You know, that really hasn't been revealed up to this point. You know, before it was Thanos, you know, they built, they planted that seed, you know, a little bit prior to the Avengers, but basically with the original Avengers in 2012 and, you know, just concluded it this year. You know, if, if the Marvel studios disney decide okay our next arc is going to be you know avengers versus x-men then you got to start you know if that's where they're where they want to go then then we'll see but if you know if they go with galactus or somebody else as the main villain or if they go a different direction then there's no need to bring them in but uh you know if they don't if they don't do it now in this next arc of of saga of movies um then it might be a decade before you could bring decade at least before you can bring the X-Men in organically to the MCU. So like I said, I think it would be sooner rather than later in terms of that, but let's talk about the movie now. <laughs> um, man, the uh, movie starts with a car crash sequence with um, young Jean Grey and her family driving in a car. Um, I thought it was a pretty well done intro and I'm surprised title card didn't show right after that. Like the car flips because of her. And then you see the title card, dark Phoenix, you know, like 
they had the the car wreck and then no everything's cool you're good everything's fine we're cheered we're everything's good and then boom dark phoenix title card i was like that doesn't totally work yeah. at all you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so that that was kind of like my main uh you know right off the top i was like oh, i don't i don't really agree with with how they opened this um there's nothing really dark about about professor x taking <laughs> taking uh her under his wing and showing her you know being a father to her in a hard time that wasn't really dark but uh anyway um so yeah, I think Sophie Turner did an admirable job as as Jean Grey. Um, I just never found Jean Grey as a real interesting character. Maybe Brian, you can get into a little bit, get, get into this a little bit more about, you know, I did. I know they did this on the animated series really well. Um, you know, I was going into this thinking like, well, if this is just Sony Sophie Turner, uh, Dark Phoenix wrecking shop for two hours, and you know, it's the most powerful mutant we've ever seen on screen, then. I'm I'm kind of down for that, but I didn't feel like this version, you know, and that was the main complaint of the Fomkin Jansen, uh, Jean Grey, Phoenix, and The Last Stand was like, it just didn't do justice to the epic nature of what the Phoenix is. And, you know, I, th- I think the stuff in space is pretty decent, you know, how she gets her powers, that was uh, executed yeah. pretty well. But other than that, like, I never felt like, holy crap, you know, even in in the last stand, I felt it a little bit more than this. Uh, like when she kills Professor X out of nowhere in the last stand. Um, mm-hmm. Like, okay, this this is crazy, right? Uh, I didn't feel that at all here. Like she would do any kind of damage further than what we've seen already. It just didn't feel like again that this did the justice to Dark Phoenix uh, and what what the story should be. But how do you feel about that, knowing what, what the origin story is? Yeah, it's – I said this on our, our X-Men or uh, our OG review on the VIP that I don't think Jean Grey is all that interesting of a character, but her relationships are what are interesting. That's why some of the animated – that's what – like X2 kind of touched on that, and it started to, to work mm. on that front, and then they just freaking cratered it with, with Brett Ratner with Last Stand and stuff, but – She's the all-powerful um, superhero or mutant or whatever is never that interesting to me. It's why I'm not that enthused about Superman or Captain Marvel or any of this. It's just that all that power-up just kind of makes the movies – it limits where you can go with, with the characters. The The interesting part with, with Jean is – and this as it pertains to this storyline is how her relationships are intertwined and then – also, the fact that the Phoenix thing is is not, uh, a, it's not a positive, right? Like it's it's a thing that's that's a benevolent sort of power or a chaotic power that comes out when she can't control it, and that can be done interestingly. But I think Josh, you were right. Like a big part of the issue with this is you're you've based this entire movie and it's closing out this franchise that spanned literally 20 years you're basing the entire movie on a character who was brought into this universe halfway through the last movie which was the worst received movie of this whole franchise and was just an abomination as far as structure and putting things together so it's like hey i mean my wife and i went to see this together we walked out 
she is very non-critical about most movies. She like almost every movie we see, she's like the worst thing she'll say is like, Oh, it was fine. And her, the first thing she said was like, I don't, did was that character even in apocalypse i don't remember being you know introduced to that i didn't care about gene gray anyway anywhere near the way that you that you might care about uh like mystique or professor x or be any of these people that kind of have some um stability and some more presence within this this whole film universe so i the dark phoenix thing i don't think is a bad idea to try to to bring it forth in a movie but I'm not sure that the plan was I it certainly wasn't executed well but I I don't know that even the plan was was all that well thought out and this just had a lot of things that happened with it that, that felt like I I you know guys like you got this right in 1992 in a Saturday morning cartoon why is it so hard for us to figure out how to make it in a movie when we have millions and billions of dollars to throw at it here's a bigger question brian and josh mentioned this uh uh, you know his general thoughts is like why is this like we can't end x-men without doing the dark phoenix right like why is this the one storyline that has to be done before we can you know why couldn't they just write an original x-men movie that summarizes and and wraps up this whole thing in a nice bow and everybody mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. why 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 couldn't that happen i don't yeah, yeah. R- richard had a good point about like the characters kind of like wiping the slate a little bit mm-hmm. and like yeah you're right like like why could they have brought some other characters in and done something else a little bit different and maybe more interesting cuz like i don't know man like I, i'm like storm is cool but i'm like okay what what is Storm really doing here? And you know, yeah. <clears throat> Mystique gets offed. You know, she's gone. You know, clearly. You know, and and like like when you said like when Professor X gets killed in you know the Last Stand, I thought that was pretty. That had some weight to it, and I yeah. didn't really see it coming. And I thought it was filmed really well. And then you got to see like Wolverine's reaction to it. And in this, I didn't I, I didn't feel like her death meant anything. All I kept thinking was, oh, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't have to put the makeup on now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It felt like the end of a contract is when that happened. They yeah. and when she turns like normal, when she goes comes home from Mystique, it's like, can I just do like the last couple of weeks without the man? You know, like they turned her <laughs> into without Mystique. You know, right, right. She mailed it in like so big in this movie. Like I, it was hard to watch. Honestly, yeah, it was. It certainly wasn't her her uh, shining moment for sure. No one never said that about her before. I don't think she was bad. You were anti Winter's Bone. I mean, you were (laughs) hardcore. That is true. Forgot about that. But yeah, no, she was. uh, She was rough. I agree with you about just you know the the first class cast, other than McAvoy and Fassbender, are just not not what you need or want in this. Nick Holt is fine as Beast, but certainly doesn't doesn't. capture the beast that i remember growing up you know kelsey Grammer. i thought i thought they nailed beast with with that with the kelsey Grammer thing you know as weird as it was and is still i think it captured the character of beast better than they have um with nick holt for sure um you know the x x jet to space sequence is pretty cool um the x explosion um 
they called them ex women. What did you guys think about that? Uh, that's fine. That's they, fine. uh, I actually a lot was of walking into the, th- yeah, that's fine. I was actually walking into the theater and saw the poster for Men in Black International, which, uh, comes out this weekend. Um, pretty nervous about, quite honestly. But I was like, you see, um, mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson in the, uh, in the poster. I'm like, it's called Men in Black. How, why is, why has that not been a thing yet? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That it's called Men in Black and it's about a woman and a man. I know? have a like, piece like, coming on, on yeah. Breitbart about like, it. Just wait for week, that. So. That, that's going to be a thing by next week if it hasn't been already. But, uh, but yeah, uh, X Women would be a cool movie. I would actually see that. That would be freaking awesome. Get all the women mutants um, in one movie. Um, Jessica Chastain. What did we think of this? This was, I mean, she's Not playing good. a literally an Not alien, good. so I can't yeah. knock her for that. So you kind of has to Not, like, okay, yeah. act like yeah, you're not. Groot, basically. <laughs> Not all her fault by any means, but no. she's not good in this movie and that character that character and all of those characters sucked like there just was no that might be my biggest beef with this whole thing is the honestly they didn't even need to be here the the antagonist is the uh the 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 phoenix i mean the, the dark phoenix power you don't need these weird terminator type aliens added into a storyline that's already pretty convoluted that not, not necessary for the movie. And then she's, she's just very wooden and, and mails kind of mails it in. Yeah. She's a, it's a, it's a waste. She's a good actress, but man, they could have put yeah. anybody in that weird role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, it yeah. But you know, I think I would, they put the aliens in this because if they didn't have some kind of other nemesis, I don't think there's enough story with Jean gray, like X-Men versus Jean gray. That's yeah, what you're yeah. left with. And, they don't yeah, have that fill two hours yeah yeah they barely had enough of sure. that story here and it was weak hey i did want to ask you guys one thing so i, I it, i'm sure you guys caught this did you guys catch the houston we have a problem line in the beginning yeah look man <laughs> I believe that that yeah. was utter i couldn't and it was in and it was in a space that you, it was like it was so it was exactly like it would have been like you know like apollo 13 and i was like who I can't believe somebody didn't come along in editing and go, wait a minute, uh, can we get rid of that line entirely? That yeah. is that's a little too much. Yeah, look, to be I mean, in complete fairness to to uh Jessica Chastain, to Jeff Lawrence, to Michael Fassbender, to literally everybody in this cast, the the dialogue in this movie sucks. And the the way that, that the scenes are pieced together is is also very bad. So like they're all kind of being hung out to dry not to mention that we they all know that this is the end of it too and it, it's just an odd it's a very odd uh environment in which to to try to make a movie i think simon kinsberg kinberg excuse me has i think he done a honestly i think he did an admirable job of just trying to get this thing finished and get it out the door and... i honestly thought that was the big bang guy until uh... <laughs> sure 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 um and I, I hope that he gets another because I think that that guy's kind of done some, has done a lot of kind of the 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 bagman type work for for Fox over the over the years with Fantastic Four with um with uh, uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and stuff like that and it's it kind of it's it kind of stinks that he got he finally got a chance to be the writer director and he got 
this one that I don't think ever had a chance to uh, to do anything really or to to be to be good or up to the standard of what we kind of want from an X Men movie. But but that being said, I don't think that it was very. It certainly was a bad script, and I don't know the direction was was much better than passable. You know, so all these actors that were saying like not very good, not good in this movie. There, it, uh, you have to kind of leave the disclaimer of, but also really, really bad script. Really, really left with a lot of nothing to work with. To your point, Josh, with the that like that line sticks out. The Houston, we have a problem, but that is one of fifty, you know, little spots that just like, oof, not great, not great on that. Not great it's on just, that I, I just stuck with me because it's like it's like the line yeah, from sure. Apollo thirteen. It's like the it's literally like like somebody might as well have said, um, I have a bad feeling about this or something. Mm-hmm. Like you sure. don't, oh, there's some lines you don't cross. And that's, and I was so bummed out because I'm in the movie theater and it just started and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. There is a line, um, just while we're on the subject, I want to talk about some other notes, but uh, there's a line, this one I wrote down at the end. Jessica Chastain says to, to uh, Jean Grey, your emotions make you weak. And she says, no, my emotions make me strong. (laughs) That was the climax of the movie. The end. No, I'm not kidding. That was literally like the line, the one liner that they were. How long do you think Simon Kinberg walked around his apartment thinking of how, (laughs) what to say after your emotions make you weak? What about no? My emotions make me strong. Yeah, that was that, that, that my, that's as bad as it gets, in my opinion. Yeah, um, in terms of dialogue, yeah. in terms of like uh, trying to be weighty and stuff and say yeah. something, you know. Uh, oh, that was yeah, ooh. not great, not great. Not great. Some, Some of the action set pieces, pieces are good though. That, that helps. And then in action, what what really is an action movie when, when it all comes down, down to it? it. I, I thought some, some of that. that. Yeah, it works fairly well. Um, you, you mentioned Kent off the top. The the, the sequence in space was was pretty cool and and was, and was done well. well. There's, There's it's it's, it's not, not a lost, lost cause on that. I like Magneto's uh like uh hideout thing, like the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was yeah. a cool reveal, and I thought his. I just love Magneto as a character, and and Fastbender yeah. as Magneto. Like I forgot. I honestly got, we got halfway through this movie and I was like, he might not even be in this. And to be honest, I don't care. Let's just wrap this thing up and get out of here, you know? Um, and then when he shows up, like there were people clapping, you know, and there were some moments with Magneto at the end in the, in the, um, in the train sequence where he's using his powers, like he should use them and, you know, crushing train cars or whatever with his one hand and those moments were awesome i can't i can't deny mm-hmm. that you know um you know i can't deny that it was awesome when when he picked up the golden gate bridge like hey that's just that's cool like outside of you know the context of the movie i think uh that that stuff's done really well and this had some big moments in it for sure um mystique dying was was lame um what do we think about phoenix's relationship with her parents or dad and that whole thing and professor x holding that from her and that whole uh misunderstanding professor x and um that's kind of the main weight of the story i would i would say right yeah sure yeah it's 
kind of been done. I don't know that it was done better here than Last Stand, you know, which is yeah. pretty yeah, it, pretty problematic. So, Brian, did you think they? I thought they kind of vilified Professor X. Yes, a lot. that's what I was gonna say, man. That, like they this, really they made him like this yeah, weirdo that was weird. celebrity glory mm-hmm. hound, and I, yeah. I was like, oh. And when he's giving the speech in the mic, it was oh, it was just awful what he was saying. It's it, I almost thought, oh my gosh, has he really turned into this? Or they're yeah. just trying to make us think he's this guy. Sure. And Mystique kind of try like lays it all on Professor X, like it's right. all your fault, dude. The the worst scene for me on that front of of kind of misunderstanding the character or leading the character into a direction that should not have been gone was after she has died and uh Hank McCoy is sitting in the, the kitchen angry and just waiting for, for X to come in and and he just comes in pretty casually and sits down with a scotch and is like, "Well, she died. She had a lot of pain. That sinks, you know." And it would the, it was poor direction. It was poor writing. But frankly, it was poor acting too. McAvoy took this sort of a stance with that character in that moment. That's just like, eh, don't really care, you know. Only, only the person that I've known the longest in this entire world, and we were basically brother and sister, and. She just died tragically, and a lot of it probably was my fault. But even the, even with the, the the idea of like he's not gonna accept his his role in this, but he just he's so nonchalant about it. It was an I was mad. Like that was that was a very that to me that was the worst scene in the movie. It was just like this is you guys don't. There's no way that Professor X that we have known through the course of this seven or eight whatever how many movies it is. There's no way that he would act that way. It was a very very poor depiction of the character and a, and a, just a complete miscalculation on that front of what that character would be like th- through this movie. It's just a, I, I don't understand. I, I think that was a, that might be the biggest problem for me with this, this whole movie is just, what are what do y'all think you're doing with this character? That's a, that's a total screw up to me. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, why did they make Jean Grey like an emo teenager? You know, like the Spider-Man just, three conundrum. It just felt like, yeah, it just felt like she was like an adolescent kid who didn't know how to handle like growing up, you know? Um, and that was annoying. Like it didn't, it didn't ever feel like this is a woman or a person who has this affliction that she's dealing with. It just felt like, uh, you know, the, 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 Let's just say, like, her issues were more about her than they were about, like, she just got space zapped, you know? <laughs> it was really annoying. Like, she was she was borderline annoying in this movie, uh, Jean Grey. Um, so that's not good. But, you know, like I said, I, had no, I have no pre- preconceived notions of this at all. Um, I don't really care much about the, the Phoenix saga, so I'm not too promotional about it. Um, but there were elements of this that uh, I certainly didn't get. Why was Jubilee never a character in the X-Men mm-hmm. movies? I don't understand that because that she was a huge part of of the TV show. Um the Dazzler party blowing up the party scene was was kind of crazy. Um I don't know about Scott mm-hmm. Summers too, Ty Sheridan, Cyclops, that whole deal. They don't know how to use him at all. It's obvious. Um they should just stop trying. And uh, let's let's get into this end though, um, because I was very scratching my head at the end of this at the end of this movie. So they 
they renamed the school the Jean Grey School for some reason. And then um, Magneto and Professor X play chess again because it's the easiest ending you can do in an X-Men movie. Yeah, the original ending... The original ending that they had before I was reading about it on Hollywood Reporter was actually the Lori Laughlin school. And they oh. just thought that was a little too yeah, no, yeah, that's why people knows. were yeah. Yeah, people were pissed when they when they read it and so or then when they saw the screeners, so they had to they had to change well it's just too you know, you don't want to be too topical, so crazy. Well, um I'm I'm just about done with my uh thoughts before I had a grade, but uh, anybody got any Closing remarks, scenes that stuck out, that sucked, that were good. No, um, I got nothing else. Good, I'm done. Oh, I got. I, I do have one thing. Uh, this took place in 1992, right? Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, and one thing I did notice was what that they didn't. It didn't. It seemed like it was. They didn't go out of their way to make you not enough sound. No, no yeah, it's, hey, it's the '90s people. Yeah, it's true. Like, they didn't really do a lot of that, and I was, I was trying, I was paying attention to clothing, and I was like, it all was fairly neutral. I'm like, this could have been the '80s, this could have been the '90s, this could have been the 2000s, and I, I don't know. It was kind of weird because I was like, I don't know. I, I guess that's part of the timeline issue. Like, uh, like why set it in 1992? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought maybe they would do something with that or. Um, by the way, Jean Grey, huge offender in the overshirt department. I don't know if y'all noticed that. This whole movie, I did. I thought just of like you. down to her ankles. I don't even know how she could walk in that <laughs> thing. Um, also, I hated the effect on the, the Phoenix where she's like, her skin's like cracking with lava. I hated that. And, um, you know, I feel like there's a really good easy opportunity visually to do a really great climactic action sequence with the Phoenix, you know, with Jean Grey, like flaming bird hold, you know, thing. But all we got was, you know, crack face, lava face, and then train, (laughs) train wreck. And then, um, like a fart of a Phoenix flame at the end, you know, it's just like, and then there's like a little yeah. Phoenix flame. That was it. That was the really disappointing. Like I thought, like I said, going into this, she was just going to go ham as the flaming Phoenix and torching like, you know, Khaleesi style everybody. And it would have been, it would have been pretty cool, but uh, really let down in that department for sure. And and, and they the went out of their way to, they went out of their way to show the Phoenix thing, like on three different shots. And I was like, oh, yeah. they just hit you over the, the, the very first shot actually was kind of cool because it faded pretty quick. And I caught it, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." There, you know, you had to have ca- caught that. But then I'm like, "Oh no, they're going to show it again." Oh no, and they're <laughs> showing it again as big as possible, so that you know the flaming bird is somewhere in space or whatever. Right. I hated how uh, you know we talked about in our OG review too, just the how how rigid the the nickname sequences in the original X-Men. He's like, this is Scott, also known as Cyclops. And this is La, also known as Storm, you know? Uh, yeah. And this one, it's no better. They're like, you know what they're calling you now? They're calling you Phoenix, you know? Like, uh, I didn't say that to her when she, after she has the accident. It's like, makes no sense for no reason they're calling her that. But, uh, yeah, it, 
they have they haven't figured out a way in the screenplay to like do the nickname superhero thing, you know, yeah. in yeah. the X Men yet for sure. Kent, will you do turn by turn navigation for me using that voice someday? Using my voice, <laughs> for my <laughs> Professor X for voice. My GPS. Yeah, no, the this. Also, no, I stole. Turn left. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Be- I I will if you pay me enough, I'll do it. As well as most things. Um, okay, I'm ready to wrap this one up. Um, I'm gonna give this one. Man, given the circumstances, given what I thought it was going to be, um, what it is as a movie, I have to grade it what it is as a movie, but should I take points off because of the context? That's what I can't decide. Like, should I grade it out of context or in context? Out yeah, of context, that's, that's out thing. of context, it's a B movie. In the context of X Men wrapping this thing up, it's a C plus or a C. You know, mm, um, I like to. Com- okay. I'm going to compromise at a B minus. <laughs> okay, but That's my nice. my grade's B, but I'm going to say B minus, given the fact, given the circumstances. Yeah, Brian. Nice, nice. Uh, I'm going to go C plus, which could be. I, I don't. I haven't decided if I'm going to go fresh or rotten when I input my. I was thinking fresh until I talked it out and I can't, I can't do it. Like I left, I left saying, okay, I probably would, if somebody asked me if I should see it, I wouldn't say, don't see it. If you like X-Men because it's like, but, but like, and I feel like that's a lot of the Rotten Tomatoes scores are this way. It's like, but if, if the goal of this was to wrap this thing up and this is the last X-Men movie we get for 10 years, this is not good, you know? Um, so that's, uh, I think, like yeah. I said, if there will be some kind of machete order some, of some type, you know, where this is placed in the order where it makes more sense and it's more in context. And I think that's, that'll be, do it'll do better over time than it's doing right now. But uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, Richard, what's your grade? I'm going to go a solid. C minus. That was solid. C minus. Solid. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh guest, what about you? Uh you said it, Chewy. That is a C minus for sure. Nice. My man, nice. I won. That's right. Good job predict what the guest say. The game <laughs> I just invented. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before we get out of here, let's hit a quick weekly recommend. A boom. Weekly recommends. All right, go ahead and hit us with your recommend, uh, Richard Barden. Yeah, mine's easy. I'll go quickly because we went long on the review. I will say that's just a solid, uh, easy recommend for me. It's going to be my next guest. Needs no introduction, nor does my recommend. And it's uh, Dave Letterman's Netflix show. If Letterman's doing a show, I will recommend it. So it's on Netflix season two. Some great guests, Kanye West, Ellen DeGeneres, Linda Gates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's Letterman. It's great. It's lovely. That's my recommend. Bright guy, what about you? Dude, I'm going to go something similar. Uh, the great David, American treasure, David Letterman, granted an interview with uh, the Hollywood Reporter's uh, uh, podcast, which is called Awards Chatter. 
with Scott Feinberg. He's a pretty good interviewer. I've recommended that in the past. He gets really, he gets really good info out of his guests, so it, it always feels like uh, a pretty good pretty good interview. But yeah, I totally recommend that. It's it's a uh, you know it's an hour long. Letterman doesn't do a lot of interviews, and he's as engaging and fun and, and did you listen kind of to wacky the, uh, as always. Did you listen to the WTF one with him? I have not. Also not good, yet. by the way. So it's Letterman. Sweet. So check it out. Awesome. Kate, what about you? I'm going to recommend a show that just popped onto the uh, Netflix. It just debuted last week. Um, it's uh, John Favreau has this sh- talk show called The Chef Show. And it's kind of like comedians in cars getting coffee, but with John Favreau cooking food <laughs> with Roy Choi. Uh, it's, it's like uh, dinner for five meets Guy Fieri. Yeah. yeah I'm into it. Kind of. Nice. Um, it's you know he has he has an episode with Bill Burr comes on and they're literally just talking in the kitchen and making food you know uh, really really uh, well produced but um, there's an episode on there that I think will appeal to the Mam Fam where um, they go on basically down to Atlanta and it's John Favreau uh, Downey Tom Holland uh, Kevin Feige Russo. You know, uh, they're all eating, you know, just literally just dinner for five style, like Richard said. But, uh, yeah, there's a season of this. They remake some of the recipes, a lot of the recipes that they do in the Chef movie. So if you've seen the movie and you, you know, want want them to make that grilled cheese again, they do that. (laughs) And uh, some other stuff. So uh, really, really fun watch, easy watch. If you like cooking shows or talk shows or anything like that, uh, check this out. It's called The Chef Show on Netflix. Um, Sweet. Check that out. All right, Josh, you got to recommend? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been watching Swamp Thing on the DC app, and uh, it's pretty good. I have and, not uh, seen I am a Swamp Thing like uh, fan of the original. I, for some reason, I was really big into that when I was little. That, like, I had the action figure or something, so I was in the Swamp Thing. But, uh, nice. So I'm, I'm down for the idea of it, but I don't know if I would watch a. A CW <laughs> show of Swamp Thing. Well, well, okay. To be fair, it's I don't think it's very CW. I think they're doing pretty good with it. Um, the only bummer part is I already heard it's canceled. This will be yeah. the only season. It's all already. It's, it's, it's wow. the second only the second episode released, and it's first no, the starter is now Swamp Thing. <laughs> I know, but it's no. back to the streets. Yeah, it's pretty good though. Uh, they they do they do a good job in this so far of uh, having the swamp kind of as a character, not just you know swamp thing versus you know bad people or whatever that want money. You know, the swamp kind of has its own kind of life and it grows and does weird things and he doesn't even understand it and that's kind of cool. That's a different uh, level to that that uh, I didn't expect to see out of the show. So. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. The effects are awesome. The Swamp Thing itself, that is the closest to anything out of the comics. You'll see that it's a guy in a suit. It's and it it's a he's got the red eyes. It's pretty awesome. So somebody Maybe sat I'll in the check it out. for a day cool. on that. Yeah. Well, I, well, he's only been revealed in the second episode, but I in what little I've seen of him, it looks really good and and it's it's pretty good so far. So yeah, it's it's not bad. So. I can't believe this ever got made, so I'm in, you know. So. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. There good stuff go. all around from everybody tonight, today, this morning. Josh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, and being here. 
and for our, supporting the uh, VIPs, right? Uh, thank you. No problem. Thank you uh, no for supporting yet. us there, and um, we'll see you there after the show for sure. But uh, if we want to find you online, could our could our listener follow you somewhere? Oh, oh gosh, you guys are catching me off guard. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I do have a Twitter. And here's how much I use it. I don't even know what my handle is. Uh, let me look. <laughs> I'm going on right now. I'm going on right now. <clears throat> I'm going on right now. The bluebird is loading. It's loading. And I don't even know how to know. Oh, I'm at Indiana Ramsey. There you go. All right. All right. There you go. Brian, where can we find you? You can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me in all kinds of social media at Richard Barden and the Mad About Movies podcast newsletter, which I think we've got one coming up in a few weeks, and uh, that'll be good stuff. And Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and online at Kent Garrison on all the platforms. And uh, check us out, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, any platform of your choice. And uh, if you want to chime in on our show and leave us a voicemail, and we can play those back uh, on a future episode. You can call us at 214-308-1308. Leave us a voicemail on there, a comment, and uh, we like to do that. Um, so until next week, we'll be talking women in black international, men and women in black international. Um, and uh, Brian will be doing his Shaft solo episode. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> oh, that's Richard's turn. Uh, we'll see you guys next time at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salad and scrambled eggs. Again, scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.